This is Kincaid and Breckenridge, exclusively on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Uh, surely this um, new school board policies for LGBTQ communities, uh, these guidelines that the Ministry of Education put forth um, several weeks ago and the deadline has now passed. This is a controversial subject in Alberta, as we know. Uh, you're about to hear from the Minister of Education himself, David Egan, who joins us in studio here. Uh, but uh, coming up after this interview and after the news to 1030, we want to hear from you an open phone segment. So get your uh, dialing fingers ready. 974-8255. That open phone segment is coming up after the news to 1030. Well, we're joined now in studio this morning by uh, Education Minister David Egan to talk about the passing of this deadline. Minister, thank you for joining us here this morning. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, so where do we stand in terms of the, the number of school boards that have submitted policies, first of all? Well, as of last night, we had 60 out of the 61 school boards uh, submit, as well as all 13 charter schools and 81 private schools. So it was quite successful. I, you know, quite frankly, wasn't exactly sure how many would come in on, at the deadline, but uh, everybody worked very hard to get the job done. So I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I'll, I'll address my criticism of you in, in the past uh, days and weeks um, on this matter. I've said, I don't know why you proposed this as guidelines when ultimately the buck stops with you as far as education matters are concerned. Why didn't you just use a heavy hand and say, the time is now, this is what we're going to do, uh, change the way, uh, change your policies? Well, first of all, I was uh, being very mindful of the democratically elected school boards. And so they are mandated to develop policy. I mean, we obviously develop uh, legislation, um, provincially and then federally as well, but um, that is their job. And so second of all, I really wanted it to be something that people could work through over a number of months as an educative uh, opportunity for school boards, for schools, parents, uh, students and so forth and teachers. So, so uh, to that degree, I think already I've had a measure of success. Um, certainly people are more sensitive to LGBTQ issues and uh, transgender issues. And um, so I, I, that was my approach. If I was to drop something from Edmonton, um, then uh, it would be much less, less likely to be successful in the end. So, I mean, this is a long process too. I think you know, getting, these deadline, uh, getting this deadline through is just a, a milestone along the way. But there are expectations, right? The, the guidelines uh, set that, that bar for what these policies need to achieve. And, and the question has always been there as to what if they, they don't meet that? So are there going to be consequences, for example, for the school board that didn't meet the deadline? And, and what happens if some of these policies, after you review them, turn out not to meet the guidelines? Well, first with uh, Lethbridge, um, they had a couple of issues uh, to deal with. And so they've been in contact even as we speak with my ministry officials. Um, they have said that they will submit. And uh, all school boards uh, and uh, school authorities said that they would from the beginning. So that um, is, is, is very helpful. Um, in regards to now the large volume of information that I have received from uh, uh, these school authorities. We will work through it over the next number of weeks um, together with them as well. It's not as though we're going to head off to a room somewhere, but uh, rather it'll be an interactive process. And um, of course, you have to have a, a certain standard. We will use the standard that uh, is provided to us by uh, provincial legislation, uh, the School Act, the Human Rights Act, and the Federal Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms as our uh, basis for 
uh, uh, ensuring that kids are looked after here. Um, I mean, let's we have to always take it back to the first principle, which is to try to improve uh, um, uh, the safe and caring school principle and extend it to all students, uh, including this very vulnerable population. How do you balance that with parental rights, though? Well, certainly we work beginning, middle and end with parents. I mean, that's a cornerstone of our school system. It always has been, always will. Um, we know that um, parents uh, are informed and uh, interact with uh, uh, education every step of the way. Um, I, th- I know that there's been some uh, pushback in regards to this uh, movement to, to, to more equality for trans students and LGBTQ in general. Um, but certainly um, we... No, recognize that uh, it's 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 absolutely fundamental, and myself I know as, as a teacher that it's fundamental that uh, parents are uh, consulted and uh, interacting uh, every step of the way. Now, reasonable people can disagree on on things and certain elements even of these guidelines. But have you been concerned or dismayed by some of the opposition to this? Do, do you think that it's it's unfortunately dragged uh, students into this debate? And, and there've been a lot of myths perpetrated about these these guidelines. Do you think? Um, well, I think so. Um, although certainly, I know I recognize the uh, when when you're watching and uh, seeing a process work through that sometimes um, there's um, this part of the conflict that has to be worked out as well. I mean, you know, nothing most worthwhile is uh, uh, easy to do by any means, and uh, I know that people have been expressing a wide range of issues, um, uh, religious and uh, other uh, personal. Opposition, um, and certainly this is uh, the places where we have to work it out, and we're not shying away from controversy here because the stakes are very high. I mean, I know that I've spoken to lots of uh, um, kids around the province that um, say that this is uh, it's 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 you know good policy and good support means that um, uh, p- people can uh, learn and be safe. And uh, of course, the alternative is um, is potentially very dire. But what about Bishop Henry, for example? That we we see his comments today in in the uh, in the Calgary Sun that he's still very much opposed to this and and really outspoken. Well, I, I've met with uh, Bishop Henry and uh, all of the bishops and the Archbishop here in in, in Alberta, and um, they've expressed their concerns. And um, certainly, um, again, we have to work uh, between uh, um, religious uh, freedoms, which are also uh, protected in the Charter with uh, individual uh, human rights issues. So, I mean, as I said, this isn't going to be easy to do, but uh, certainly I'm not compromising with the, uh, you know, the uh, lives and the well-being of very vulnerable students. And so uh, we'll have to work out uh, whatever policy within the letter of the law. Well, who gets the last move in that? In that dispute, though, because it seems to me it's, it's a loggerheads and it's yeah. it's uh, quite in, enshrined in the, the charter, as you say, in the constitution of this province as well. Like, to, like to, to what extent can you impose your will on, on the bishops? Well, um, let's not forget that um, the uh, Catholic Church is not in charge of the schools. Um, you know, certainly we have a separate school system, but um, ultimately it's the uh, uh, public money that is uh, financing our uh, schools, including the separate schools. And certainly we want to work with people in a collaborative manner, but, um, you know, without uh, compromising uh, the fundamental rights of all students. But that goes back to the question that I asked at the start. Why not just tell them how it's going to be if that's the case? Because if that is the if that is the overriding principle that the church is not in charge of the school boards, the ministry is, and yes. they're publicly funded, then why why entertain this conversation when you can ultimately say we win, you lose? 
Um, well, you know, it's it's a question of, I mean, this there's a bit of a uncharted territory here, quite frankly, sure. right? And in regards to um, schools and um, authority, I mean, the as I said from the outset, the policy for schools and individual boards is set by school boards, and then. You have the province uh, with the legislation that uh, is in place too. So, I mean, part of what we will see emerge probably from this in the next uh, few months is uh, some greater clarity around those uh, those divisions of um, responsibility. And I think that that will serve the public well here in going forward in uh, the province as well. I mean, we run a very strong public education system with the uh, separate school boards and, uh, you know, with the charter schools and, 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 and so forth. Um, and uh, I, I aim to keep it that way. And uh, we will all emerge stronger from this, I, I expect. It's an interesting dynamic when you talk about school boards, which, as you say, I mean, they have elected trustees and it's their job to, to shape policy, too. But you mentioned private schools and charter schools. So explain how that works, because they're also expected to have policies in place. So who's who's developing those policies? Um, well, as I said, we have uh, 81 private uh, uh, policies uh, been, that have been submitted already and the 13 from the charter schools. Um, they s- will sometimes either run their school and their school board from that single entity, right? So you'll have one school and they'll have a board just for that school. So that's kind of how I think those policies have uh, uh, emerged. And um, they, of course... Uh, are under the same sun and uh, under the same laws as anybody else here in the province. Um, the private schools, by receiving a, a reduced uh, a funding level um, from compared to pro- pro- public schools and charter schools, um, there's you know some slight difference, uh, but uh, that's uh, kind of how they got their policies together. So I, I've been actually quite uh, um, pleasantly surprised to see the level of engagement with private schools and uh, you know certainly there's some uh, points of friction but uh, I think we have more in common than we do uh, right. because I guess I mean homeschooling is a different kettle of fish I yeah. suppose but in terms of, of actual schools there are no schools exempt from this uh, no that's right that, that kind of leads into this question though about how many school boards did you hear from that just came back and said actually minister we're kind of already doing this already <laughs> Well, sometimes that was people's opening position, and um, you know, I've I've, I've uh, certainly used uh, my diplomatic skills to a great extent here to uh, just remind people that they need to make sure they review and update their work, um, so that um, people are not just handing in what they had right written before. Right? I used to be a teacher, so I know <laughs> well, Edmonton well, Public was one. Yeah, I understood yeah. Edmonton Public has yeah. had this policy for some time. Is that the yeah, term? they still work through their process. They still work okay. through their policy, and so did CBE. They had a, a very interesting uh, uh, school board meeting here the other night yeah. where they uh, worked through what was very uh, strong policy to begin with, and um, you know made some tweaks to ensure that uh, it was up to date. So, so yeah, I mean, again, this is an organic process. It's not like I have been uh, conducting a raid, you know, on people and. Mm-hmm. The deadline was a cliff that you dropped over or not. Right. But, um, you know, um, I think the spirit of what I've been trying to do has so far been uh, successful. And um, it's certainly not going to be easy in the next few weeks. But uh, I expect uh, something strong coming from the other end. People seem um, inordinately concerned about the bathrooms when we discuss this. And so I'll ask the question this way, because people will put it, what's to stop uh, some 16-year-old boy from just now raiding the girl's bathroom? Yeah. And I asked the question from the position where I clearly, I think, you considered this. Uh, yes, sir. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, again, I'm a teacher of 20 years. Um, you know, um, 
even uh, we know that uh, number one, a person going through a transgender uh, um, uh, process is a very sensitive issue. Uh, it's uh, um, you know it's, uh, not very uh, common, quite frankly. And let's not forget as well that we create policy and legislation and so forth to empower our professionals on the ground, teachers, staff, principals to to make the calls on the ground. And so we always have done that, and I expect that that's the way we will go forward too. So this idea of someone changing their gender to suit, you know, some kind of uh, whatever, they want to get into somebody else's washroom or change room, I mean, that's just, uh, I think, is not uh, helpful. Well, yeah, it's the notion that you'd be a girl when you want to make the basketball team and you're not good enough to play with the boys, but you'd be a boy the rest of the time. Right. So, I mean, people, again, this is a this is a very serious process that people work through, um, you know, and... Um, there's a, you know, there's a, some, there's a slightly uh, very negative uh, implication with some of the things about uh, sexual um, uh, predators and, and transgenders uh, mixing uh, those kind of things together that I, I thought was very, very not helpful at all. So, how, what, okay, so in terms of what this looks like in practice, how, how are we going to judge success? And, and further to that, if, if school boards are, are failing in their obligations, is it on students to come forward and, and report that? Or how, how do we measure where schools are living up to this or not living up to this? Well, again, we um, have an ongoing way by which we monitor um, uh, um, school uh, and uh, school activities in general. I mean, I have my field services department that always works in, uh, with, with uh, schools. Um, around the province and school boards. Um, we have the um, authority within the school board, including the superintendent and their administration. And so, I mean, we're plugging um, this uh, uh, new policy or new uh, 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 sort of a strengthening of policies through an established uh, um, system that we uh, uh, use to, to monitor and to... Um, interact with schools. So I, I, I see that uh, what we have is, is quite sufficient. Um, you know, I wasn't exactly sure how many school boards would have submitted yesterday. So I, you know, just made sure that I had the mechanism and I certainly do within the ministry and field services to uh, uh, um, meet with uh, boards as, as we see fit. Right. You know, for, further to Rob's question and maybe uh, a slightly different way of framing it uh, would be to say, what are the metrics that you were uh, that had been measured prior to these guidelines coming out, and how do you expect and um, you know propose that those metrics are going to change? What sorts of things did you see that led to this this concept, and how should they change? Well, I mean, one of the um, initial things that I noticed when I uh, became the minister, of course, um, for in regards to this issue, is um, the uh, GSAs, the Gay Straight Alliances, and sort of the variation and how that was being uh, uh, um, done in different schools around the province. And so, um, certainly, the law. I was there in opposition when that legislation came through, and it was just everybody was kind of hanging in the air of how that would happen and how that would evolve. And so. Um, I, I think that um, that's a, a good place, a good place to start to just remind people of the success of GSAs and how it helps to uh, um, helps to uh, create a better environment for uh, uh, students in general in, in schools, and you know just to make sure that that. Uh, expectation through Bill 10 uh, right. is, uh, is met, right? Okay. That they actually do the job. But right? respectfully, you know? though, I yeah. mean, listen, yeah. when, when we talked about 0.05 legislation, for example, 
you know, it, the, the, the debate centered around, will this lead to safer roads? And we can kind of demonstrably show road safety and statistics, things like crashes per capita, et cetera, et cetera. Right? I mean, are there some sort of uh, uh, high school dropout rates, uh, yeah. violent attack rates, gotcha. suicides? Like, what are the metrics that, that compelled you to release these guidelines? And, and how will you measure the success based on that? Well, certainly we knew um, of, uh, of an historical uh, uh, problem, right, uh, with uh, transgender students uh, not um, getting uh, all the support that they need. I mean, some places they were and some places they weren't. Um, and in regards to the GSAs, and um, I think that there's a demonstrable uh, improvement in, uh, um, in uh, acceptance. And, uh, um, I mean, it's when you're talking about... Uh, uh, mental health and so forth. Um, sometimes it's harder to measure, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I use the measurement, basic me- me- measurement for uh, all that I'm doing is is high school completion rates, uh, dropout rates, um, uh, participation rates, my various markers for uh, um, success in school. Uh, uh, those those are the same things that I apply here in general. So I mean, this is just another element to add to the safe and caring schools concept. And um, quite frankly, I think that uh, it'll be a very positive step in the end. Okay. So explain now the, the timetable going forward. We've had this deadline. Is, is there another deadline to have this all finalized? Because there may be some back and forth with school boards where you have to go back and say, yep. you know, this is not quite where it needs to be. And they might tweak it and it might still need more tweaking. I mean, it, it could drag on for months. Um, yes, I mean, I, I don't expect it to drag on for months and months, but um, what I do um, expect is it will take some time. And uh, it's a bit of uncharted territory, so I have nothing to compare it to exactly, but it'll take us a, a, a number of weeks to just uh, read through what has been submitted here in the last uh, week. All right. Minister Egan, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. That's Education Minister David Egan. Uh, joining us in studio. Well, let's open the phone lines up, 974-8255, and we'll take a break and we'll come back. And uh, your reaction to this, uh, it sounds as though for the most part, uh, school boards are willing to get on board with this. This doesn't have to be contentious or controversial, but as we've seen in some school boards, even here in Calgary, where enough people have signed petitions and mobilized to try to prompt a rethink or maybe try to even derail some of these plans. So which side do you come down on 974-8255? We're back with more right after this. Right, 974-8255. You can text us as well, 770-770. The deadline has passed. The minister said all but one school board has submitted uh, a policy. And as long as the Lethbridge public is, is a holdout necessarily, they just uh, had some delays, need to finalize some things, and they'll have their policy in too. All right, 974-8255. Lots of thoughts on this matter. And, um, you know, I think, Rob, you, you, you teased out of that interview quite well that it's not over. I mean, there's... Now, now we're just on to the next phase, reading through all these policies that have been drawn up and saying, yeah, these conform or these don't or, or you know, implementing these things and showing us exactly what these changes are going to look like. Well, the, you know, already we got some text like this one here says this again. This is uh, broken record radio. Same thing day after day, really. I'm not sure when the last time we talked about this was, but the deadline was yesterday. Was the education minister who's responding to this. And there are a lot of people who are opposed to what he's doing. So how can we not talk about it? Right. Um, plenty of text messages coming in. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts that way at 770-770. Let's go to the phones, though, and uh, we'll talk to Roberta first. Hi, Roberta. Thanks very much uh, for the phone call. Hello. Yeah, you're on the Hello. air. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I uh, I think it's uh, sex. The idea of R- Roberta. Sorry, Roberta. Are are just for adults, Robert- not for kids. Roberta, yes. can you hear me? Yes. 
Yeah, because yeah, we can't hear you. We, we can't hear you very well. So we're just going to put you on hold, and you're going to talk to our producer, and we'll, we'll try and clear up the connection a little bit, and we'll get to your. We'll uh, give you another uh, shot at that phone call. Uh, Aziz, hi. Thanks for the call. Hello, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we can oh, hear yes. you just fine. Thanks. Okay. Loud and yeah. clear. Okay, so you know, uh, I don't. I don't think we need uh, to have these policies. You know, government usually lags behind an economy and social norms. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, uh, our society is already, um, you know, accepting of various, various different types of people. Believe me. I mean, I have full faith in our society accepting. Now, uh, these policies being implemented now, I, I think, are redundant. One thing, you know, the, the number one issue, I think, in Alberta right now is producing good students, the math and the, the Englishes. You know, we need to have those. We need to t- be taking care of those departments. I think I think it's really convenient for the minister to be making this an issue instead of you know teachers' wages instead of uh, quality of education. They want to make this an issue. Um, I don't know that they want to yeah. make an issue, Aziz. I, I think if everyone had just said right from the get-go that sure, okay, this is no problem, we can do this, this would have been a non-issue pretty quickly. I mean, I mean, like uh, I find it hard to believe in public schools that kids go to school fearing, you know, persecution. I mean, for the most part, everybody makes friends. You know, the, the, we we live in we live in a time where bullying is like extremely frowned upon. You know, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing that our society has worked towards that social norm. Yeah, but Aziz, sorry, I just want to cut cut in because we're close to the top, uh, the bottom hour news here. But I, I think we can't. Just simplify this to, you know, if, if it's a gay kid or a trans kid who goes to school and he gets bullied by, uh, you know, someone who has a problem with them. I mean, this is pretty uh, broadly encompassing and even gets into things like uh, if a kid uh, is having a difficult time uh, identifying him or herself because he's afraid his parents might find out. Like, where's the support network? And those schools are supposed to be communities where kids can feel safe, uh, even if they don't feel safe in other communities, uh, places like their home or their church, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I think that that the breadth that this policy now covers um, gets into a lot more than just our, our social tolerance. I agree with Aziz that that society is ahead of government on this one. There's a lot of people that say, I don't see what the big deal is. If you want to implement these policies, that's great. We're already there. Um, but I do think it's necessary to give kids recourse in the event that they're in an environment that doesn't afford them uh, this opportunity. We'll pause for the 1030 News. We'll come back. More time for your calls, 974-8255. Stay with us. And we're back, uh, taking your calls here, 974-8255, talking about these uh, LGBTQ guidelines uh, that essentially, look, the minister said to school boards, we would need to implement Bill 10. Uh, you need to have some policies to, to accommodate these students. Uh, here are some guidelines for what we'd like to see in those policies, again, until March 31st to develop those policies, so let's have them. He says that he's been pleasantly surprised by the response, but we'll have to take the time now to go through these policies. And by the way, we got a text from somebody. I don't know who this is, but says, I've spoken with several school board members. I've said, yes, they submitted policies, but it doesn't mean they're accepted or that this is a good idea. The minister makes it sound like every board is accepting, but that's not the case at all. That may very well be true. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the minister was kind of vague on, on where that would take us. All right, let's go back to Roberta here. Uh, Roberta, thank you for your patience. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Uh, now, I am, uh, I, I would say that it's, Knowing your sexual preference is one of the most important decisions you can make in your life. And therefore, I'm wondering why Mr. Egan and the school board and the whole education system is, so, is pushing so hard to have them make this decision at a young age. I believe it's 
strictly an adult, uh, an adult uh, decision. Now, cause, because I know one lady, that one young lady that has made her decision at 14 or 15, that she was a, a lesbian. So her family was very accepting and let her go along with it. She is now a young adult. She's very upset. We don't quite know why she's upset or no. Her parents say they don't quite know why she's upset. But she, and she won't talk about it. And she's having depression things and this type of thing. Okay. And it could very well be this is the reason. So that you should not be making this decision at such a young age. Okay. And pushing the kids to do this is really against all kinds of nature. Well, not I mean, only against any kind of social policy. Okay, but to be clear, I mean, there's no there's no requirement that students come in and declare their their gender identity. I mean, there, there's yes, not. There is. They're they're teaching it in school. No, they're no. pushing it in school. But you're making it seem like if you want to come through the front door of the school, you have to declare what your gender identity is at, well, at a very young well, age. Well, it's got to the minister. The people of, I know the Catholic schools are incredibly uh, upset about it because it's taking away their whole idea of Catholicism. I'm not right. a Catholic, but I sympathize with them. Oh, sure, I do and, too. Uh, but, but Roberta, when did you... D- I assume you're heterosexual. Are you heterosexual? Absolutely. When, when did you decide that? Well, when I was uh, growing up, I never... I, when I was an adult, when I was a young adult. You'd never considered yep. it, though, before you were a young adult? Um, you know, I knew I was... Oh, no, we, did lost, we lost her. Again. Did we lose you, Roberta? Are you still there? All right. Well, I mean, the question is, when did when did she decide? I mean, look, I mean, just a couple of things there and personal feelings. Uh, I, I feel awful, I think, for the young lesbian that Roberta uh, referred to, the young woman who now that she's an adult and is suffering from depression. I, I don't know that we can necessarily link the two. I mean, here I am, a heterosexual 38-year-old on the radio who's uh, back in therapy for my depression. So I, I don't know what... Th- that has to do, I mean, like, I'm not uh, gay, but I am depressed, so the two aren't really uh, related in, in that aspect. But I think that what these policies do, and, and something that where there's a total disconnect, is that kids, and we know this because we teach this in sex ed, that kids go through puberty, right? And it's important for us to get out in front and say, hey, look, your body's changing, you're going through these sensations, you're starting to feel these things, and... You know, we've taught it one way for a very long time. Uh, You know, girls might give boys butterflies in their stomach or vice versa, right? Um, But the truth is then there's some guys who go, oh, that's weird because I get butterflies in my stomach when I'm around some guys. And so maybe we've just kind of created this system where we've uh, inadvertently told lesbian and gay kids, transgendered kids, questioning kids, uh, it's not okay. Like, you're abnormal. I mean, it's not okay for you to express uh, these sorts of feelings. So... But we do tell kids, we do tell kids to like dance with uh, with the other boys or dance with girls at school dances. We get them excited about the prom. So, mm-hmm. so we do things that encourage kids to um, not not just explore but experience their as uh, as Roberta put it, sexual preference. Uh, but what is their gender identity? And we should probably just do these things for all of the kids, regardless of their gender identity. Right. I, to me, that's all it's about. It's just accepting kids for who they are. It's not about pushing kids to do anything or choose anything or announce anything. Uh, it's just letting kids know that it's 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 okay to be who you are. And that's the, the extent of it. So for all the people who say, oh, why are you talking about this? I wish we didn't have to talk about this. This should be a, a non-issue. 
but I, I think it's it's hypocritical for people to say, why are you talking about this? And oh, by the way, I think this is terrible, you know, to, to take the approach that, that Roberta did. So, I mean, make up your minds. Either it's a big deal or it isn't. Uh, Phil's on the line here. Phil, go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. How are yes, you sir. doing today? Just fine, thanks. That's good. Uh, the last caller, she had some creative views. Uh, unfortunately, ill formed views. I am an LGBT man. I was an LGBT teen within the Catholic school system in Lethbridge. Uh, and I'm going to say that the legislation is important, that the... The, the, the stance that people are taking now to protect LGBT youth is important because it didn't exist when I was a kid. And it, it unfortunately, because I felt so alone, it led to some unfortunate events in my life. And uh, just to clarify a point that Roberta had made, uh, the last caller, is that I didn't decide to be who I am today. I didn't decide. I didn't just, it's not a choice. It's not a decision to make. You either are or you are not, right? And... You have a lot of people who are speaking as if they're experienced with dealing with issues that LGBT, L, LGBT youth deal with, like they, they, they've experienced themselves firsthand. And I will quote uh, Wittgenstein when I say, if a lion could speak English, we couldn't understand him. <laughs> Do you know where I'm going with that quote? <laughs> you should explain it. <laughs> uh, well, basically, if a lion could speak English... Yeah. We couldn't understand what it's like to be a lion. Because he'd still be talking about because his perspective. we're not lions, we're yeah. humans. No, I think that's, that's, that's really well put, Phil. And, and uh, talk about, though, the, the, the importance of school as a community, though, if you will. Um, you're, you're there for 10 hours a day as a child. You spend more time at school and with your classmates than you do your own family. And they become your family. And I'll tell you this right now, there's nothing worse than feeling like a family has turned their back on you or that you're not accepted by your family. Yeah. And I think that people who are criticizing this legislation and people who are, who, who, who are saying, well, it's not important, they, they don't understand and they couldn't possibly understand because they haven't been through it. It's, it's like saying, I know how a black person feels when they hear the N-word. You don't because you're not black. Whereas a Caucasian person, you can't relate to that because you've never experienced something like that. It's, it's, it's an unrelatable experience. So the best thing you can do is admit that you don't understand and let people protect themselves. Yeah, should be simple enough, Phil. But as you're right, people make it uh, more complicated than it needs to be. All the best to you, Phil. Thanks for calling in. No problem. Have a nice All right. day. All right. Well, let's let's take a break. You will come back. Let that sink in. Uh, more time for your calls. And we got some other matters to get to here as well. 974-8255. We're back with more right after this. And 974-8255. Uh, and you can text as well, 770-770. You know, this being a chit-chat medium, though. We do like it when you, you phone in. Um, so some interesting text messages, and I'll just kind of read across the buffet here. Uh, somebody in Edmonton texts to say, With this uh, LGBTQ garbage, it's no wonder homeschooling is on the rise. And this is something that um, I think this person actually keys on a point here, that if you don't like the school policies, the, like the publicly funded school policies, you have a right to homeschool your kid. So yeah, I, I wonder if there's a lot of people who feel that, um, that that publicly funded schools have to accommodate them because there is no other option. If it is that big a problem and you are as deeply concerned about your children uh, as some parents say they are, as some parents are, um, homeschooling is an option. Right. It's, it's out there. 
Might maybe not practical. I recognize you that, can. But, yeah. I, I'm not sure what you're worried about. I mean, if your kid's not gay, if your kid is is a boy and acknowledges that he's a boy, and uh, what what is it you're worried about? I, that's still the part of it that that puzzles me in all of this, but. This text says, uh, first off, it says, I'm a Christian, so first I want to apologize for all the Christians uh, come at this from a place of anger and hostility. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that all the Christians come at this from a place of anger and hostility. I don't. Uh, But he goes on to say, we need to dialogue. My concern about this bill is it promotes a lack of communication between children and their parents. I love my children, and I don't like the fact that a school can tell my kids they are allowed to not communicate with us. Do I understand that the bill makes a provision for that? It's not a bill. These are guidelines. And I think that what this texter is concerned about is that a kid could reveal to his teacher or her teacher that, you know, he's, he's gay or lesbian or transgendered um, and that the teacher would then not relay that back to the kid as though the teacher is basically just the telephone, right, is just supposed to relay the information. So another texter asks, don't kids have a right to have secrets? <laughs> the answer to that is no. There is no charter right to, to secrets if you're a minor in this country. So, I mean, th- this is the kind of the, the gray area and the murky area. But to the point, and I think at the heart of what this text message is about, is it, like we have kids that are afraid to identify themselves to their parents. Why is that? What have we done to create that environment? And if that is the case, if that's the environment, then... What sort of levers or mechanisms can we put in place that give them another place to identify and be be free and be protected? Well, yeah, I mean that's how we should be looking at this, uh, I think. So that that's why I'm I'm puzzled as to why this this is a big deal. Uh, but let's let's go back to the phones nine seven four eight two five five. Justin is called in. Hi there, Justin. Hi there. Um... <laughs> I don't really understand why this is uh, such a big issue. And I just want to make a comment with the homeschooling. I mean, I see a big portion of my check taken away every two weeks for the public schooling, which is great. But, I mean, I I wouldn't get that back. So, I mean, I'm paying for this service. So, I mean, I I think that, you know, we should have input on it. Um, But I don't understand, like, the kids... When I was going to school, we were all taught, like, you know, we're all created equal. We're all, you know, we all have equal accessibility. And I, everybody was picked on as a kid. And I'm not saying that gays or lesbians or whatever don't have it hard. All I'm saying is that, you know, that's part of life. That's part of growing up. And if it's hard in some schools, I mean, I had kids that left schools because they were getting picked on, not because they were gay or whatever, but just for reasons. And I mean, I, I don't see how legislating more or, or just putting a spotlight, I mean, I, I can't see how all these schools are, like what schools are, are so terrible that we need this? Well, but hang on a second here, because I don't, you're, you're looking at it the wrong way. I mean, yeah, kids get bullied for all kinds of reasons. I, I think what was different about Bill 10, at least the part that applies to bullying, is just simply saying, look, if kids want to support their peers in a certain way, why should that be banned? If, if kids want to get together and say, you know what, it's, it's okay to be Syrian, it's okay to be short, it's okay to be fat, it's okay to be whatever, and we're going to support you, they're allowed to do so. And so all, all that did was say, look, if kids want to come together and form a club and say, you know what, we stand by our peers, it's okay to be who you, who you are, we're going to have a gay-straight alliance then they're able to do so. And if nobody wants to, that's fine. Nobody's going to be forced to do so. 
No, but and I agree. And I mean, what was preventing from beforehand? I mean, because they it, weren't allowed it, to. Because schools were saying, no, you can't do this. Well, but I mean, what's the stop from just act, like? Because it, it, what's the but what's but the what's the harm then? of that? What's, what's the harm role? of that? Well, it's just, what's the role of the school then? Cause I, the school doesn't the role, have to play a role at all. All the school has to say is, okay, you guys want to start this this support group, this club? That's fine. Go ahead. Yeah, that's not science class. That's more like the chess club, right? Like, what's what, what's the school's role in, in having kids play basketball or, or sing in a choir? Well, I, I just, you could see groups like that be politicized easily. I mean, no, or, I think or, that people like whatever. you are politicizing them, Justin. No, I mean, like, if... It, uh, no, I'm just saying, like, everybody's treated equal, and that, like, one kid, whether he be gay or not, is, is as equal to a kid who's not, or maybe the but, Down syndrome kid, or, I mean, we should all Justin, have that's not, respect. Yeah, we sure. should, yeah, that's, that's, that's ambitious, but and that's not the case. if you want to create a group, I mean, I, I don't understand how, why the school needs to facilitate that. I mean, we have uh, community centers, we have parent, like, I don't understand why the school needs to well, facilitate sure, that Justin. with my tax dollars. Well, hang on, Justin, first of all, and by the way, my, tax my, my tax dollars, too, but but your exactly. tax dollars, no, no, hang on. Your tax no, dollars wait, what is, don't what's the go. Cost of the yeah. GSA. Your, your tax dollars don't go to stuff like that. Your tax dollars don't pay for the choir, or they don't pay. That's why when your kids are on these teams, they're often sent home with, uh, with some forms that say, "Hey, look, we need to pay up. We got a big football oh, trip coming me, up." And I pay it too. Okay, I mean, but we, Justin, to, to answer your question though about like uh, why is it the schools are not community centers? What are schools? They're big community centers where kids learn, and and it's not me saying that. Having been to school. We're told, like, right when we get there, this is your community. You you are going to make this your community. This is your family. You're going to be here for a period of time, and there's a lot that you can put in here. You you will build the identity of this school community. Community is a word that, that is built before Bill Ten and afterwards. Okay, I mean, so I, then, that's... so to that point, then Justin, and this is the question that that you need to answer. To that point, what is the value then in having programs like a choir, like a band, like school plays, like uh, basketball teams, and having these kids who want to do these extracurricular? I, activities or form these clubs depends on location i mean like there's some things that are just not feasible i mean like there's like some schools have football teams some schools don't i went to central the shaughnessy uh or uh, yeah shaughnessy came to our school to do football i mean it all the like i think just leave it up to the schools what what's the problem with letting the principal or you know of the, the school to assess the needs of its you know what i can't think of how a blanket thing to you know govern all the children in in alberta whereas you know let's use specific i, I don't know it just seems how... justin you've decided ahead of time that this is bad and now you're just you're looking for ways I don't know. to, I don't to need, explain I, I don't, that it's not bad it's not good i don't i don't see the use Okay. Like, I just that's, see that's, it as a waste of time, something to talk about. I mean, we don't, we're, like, we're, we're talking about lesbian gay community when they've removed math from or, or, uh, a good portion of mathematics well, out about, of the school. But, that's but this is what, what you called about. Yeah. about. That's what I would like to be talking <laughs> well, about. Well, are you going to call us next time we talk about math? You're going to call us next time we talk about math? We talk about math on this program a lot. Well, I, I we don't know, get we I don't get it. half the calls and texts that this guy. <laughs> That's true. Oh, uh, well, believe me, and I'm on the waiting, and I'm call, like I right. call, I call quite frequently. But what I'm saying is, like, this is I, I don't see why we're discussing this when there's bigger problems in our okay. education. All right, fair ball. You know, Justin, we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that because you you have made a point. You've made your point. Um, and by the way, we're discussing this because we are discussing it, and we're capable of discussing many things, as you'll see demonstrated over the next ninety minutes of this program. Let's squeeze in one more quick call from Kayla before we're out of here. Hi, Kayla. Hi there. Um, I've uh, worked as a school counselor, and 
Um, I guess my role for supporting students has been to provide social emotional support and to facilitate um, family support and functional families. Um, so my role as it pertains to this would be like listening to students and providing non-judgmental support and to encourage students to have open communication with families. Um, however, someone had mentioned like keeping secrets and, you know, while mm -hmm. I don't think I, I wouldn't keep secrets from families, but I wouldn't necessarily disclose everything a high school student has talked to me about. So if students are having questions about their sexual identity or gender identity, um, I would listen non-judgmentally and provide support and encourage them to talk to parents. But um, for my own uh, mandate, I would have to disclose safety concerns, but I wouldn't necessarily be having conversations with students and then calling and telling parents everything the students right. told me is that breaches confidentiality. And um, I think school's roles were to provide support and to help students be happy and healthy and help families. And I think, you know, it brings up this point in that people are worried that schools are influencing kids or schools are going to be um, pressuring kids to believe certain ways. And that's just not what's happening. Kayla, you know, your two cents are well worth. Thanks very much for your phone call and your, your, uh, your perspective. We're going to take another break here. We're back with more right after this. Roger Kincaid and Rob Breckenridge, weekdays starting at 9.30 a.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary.